Hi, welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me is my co-host, Clay Williams. Hey, I'm really excited to talk about our first ever Vigo Mortensen vehicle. We have not mm-hmm. talked about a single v- Vigo Mortensen movie. Number one. No, How? number one is the first one. There's just We have not talked about yeah. another movie that stars Vigo Mortensen in any single way. We have not mm-hmm. we have not done a movie that has Viggo Mortensen with an no. accent of some kind, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 or yeah. a father of some kind. Like yeah. this is our first Viggo Mortensen movie that we've ever done. And I, uh, this is the first time that he's been nominated that we've covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first time well. we, he has yep. been in an Oscar nominated film that we have covered on this podcast. We have not covered a I, single other Viggo Mortensen movie. This is a landmark. It really this is. is history right here. <laughs> This is history. You understand? Yeah, and, and this is like, yeah, and it, there, and we haven't ever covered like a problematic Viggo Mortensen movie too. Like it was just, it's not happened. We Hang never... on, is this is this a problematic Viggo Mortensen movie? I guess it's not, but we have, but we especially have not done one. We have I, not mm, done a problematic that's true. Viggo Mortensen yes. movie. Yes, that's true. And, and I th- think that's and key. we still that's haven't. Key. We still yeah. haven't. So that that's that's good. We just we and. You know, this is like one of his only movies he came out that came out in the 2010s. There's been no other movies, so like, <laughs> it's just... this and a dangerous method. It, there's yeah. no two. <laughs> yeah, there, there is no single movie that is of importance that he has been in in this decade. No, can't think of anything else. No, nope. nope. <laughs> um, so how long can we stretch that out? Uh, we covered Green Book. It was horrible. Let's move on. <laughs> God, we did Best Picture winners. Um. Uh, earlier in January, February, and that was the one where it's like, oh God, I, I don't know if we can do this anymore. But then Parasite was next week, so it's like, okay, we got well, a little we more. Record, the thing is, we our last episode we recorded since our recording schedule was a little different was, um, we recorded Green Book last. So it was a bummer to end on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the bummer. Turning it around now, completely turning it around. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But now I gotta say this: he did fold a whole pizza. And eat it. Wow. That was pretty cool. Goodness. I gotta say, it was. Yeah. I mean, might have it might have given him the Oscar nomination. And honestly, I can't argue with that. He did fold a pizza. <laughs> Folded it, and he just like ate it. Okay, pretty so amazing. I would rather not go back to the Green Book talk. I guess. Oh, <laughs> and uh, joining in this this week is Ella Kemp. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I uh, want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. That Sorry? This is our first international guest. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That has, that has to be, that Another has landmark. To be Another landmark. We, even have, we haven't even had someone from Canada. What? The Great White North. Should we? It's an honor. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you know any Canadians? I was going to ask you the same. I guess. I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. We'll get back. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you want to tell, do you want to tell everyone about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm a freelance I know, that's, that's film hard, but... critic, uh, an editor. Um, I edit the film section at The Quietus uh, and the editorial platform on Girls on Tops. Um, and yeah, and I write about movies and music and TV uh, for Empire, Enemy, Real White Lies, and whoever else will have me. <laughs> and I, I heard you on the Curzon podcast. I really like that pod. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I did some talking on there. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're a good bunch. They're a very nice yeah. bunch of guys. 
I just started uh, G Blow Tech. Mm-hmm. And I recognized Michael from that pod. Right. It's Jake. Yeah. So Jake yeah, produces Jake, yeah. um, the Curzon podcast as well. And mm-hmm. Michael does the Little White Lies podcast. Oh, yeah. They seem like a, they seem cool. Yeah. They are lovely. Very good boys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep them around. Yeah. Um, so, Ella, can you kind of like, er, 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 uh, what's been your history with movies how did you get into them wow um uh well i don't know really i mean i guess i didn't like grow up in a house obsessed with movies all the time at all um there'd be like a handful that i'd rewatch each year like love actually um and i don't know cinderella or something um but yeah, it was kind of like in my late teens and I went to university um, and I studied film because uh, I didn't really know what else to study. Uh, and yeah, and, you know, studied there, made a couple of films. They were really bad um, and wrote essays about films and enjoyed doing that. Um, and just kind of went from there and and just just carried on and never really stopped from there. Did you enjoy um, the criticism part more than the filmmaking? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we had loads of different theory modules where we'd look at uh, Hollywood cinema and we'd focus on specific directors and we'd look at film history and things like that. Um, and I just found that so much more interesting and rewarding than... I just felt like the short films we were making, to me, it just felt like there are so many good films that already exist why am I here? Like, why am I doing this? I could just be watching and, you know, learning about all of the other ones that are are, are always going to be way better than this. Um, so, yeah, kind of went from there, really. Mm. I, I had a very similar experience, actually, in college, where it's it's like you have the same class, but they're just divided into production and criticism. Mm. But it's like, I, I I don't have the creativity that everyone yeah. else does. I feel so outmatched. Oh, yeah. I have so, um, None. Yeah, not I alone. No. I, just, I watch <laughs> other creativity, and I'm like, yeah. that's yeah. pretty creative, and then I move yeah. on. Yeah. I can understand uh, the process, Yeah. but I can't replicate it. I don't know if I can understand it. I can see it and be like, oh, that's pretty cool, and then move on. We can understand it textually, but I don't know about subtextually. That's a, no, we won't go that far. I, I know that's they a use whole- a camera. That's my understanding. Cameras, microphones. Basically a microphone, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Do they use red rooms or dark rooms still? Or I think that's photography. <laughs> so, oh. No, go, go. You, you, okay. You, you, you beat me to it. I, 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 I beat. <laughs> um, can you remember the first time that you saw um, Captain Fantastic? Yes. I can very well. Um, it oh, this this film. It's a weird. I, I think it's a great film, but I have a strange relationship with it. Um, I saw it. I think I was in my second year at university, and um, and I went to see it like on a weekday afternoon with a friend just to like catch up and do something. And I don't know why we chose this film. I I genuinely think it was probably the only thing that was on. Um, and neither of us knew anything about it. And and we went into it and we just thought, I don't know what we thought it would be. Just this kind of like breezy, lighthearted, 
indie thing. I don't know. Um, and uh, it was like halfway into the film. It, I just got really, really emotional and it just really, really got me. And, uh, and I could feel that like it had really got my friend as well. And, and I don't I don't really cry at films that much mm. like you know I, I get sad and I get it but like I don't physically actually you know shed tears that often yeah. um yeah. and I started crying like halfway through this film I just didn't stop until the end and like and there are several points where it, it, it was just made worse every time and I was like how am I crying even more and then yeah. when the film ended like I, I could tell me and my friend both felt exactly the same um and 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 we just went to like there's this park near the cinema and we just walked there and like and we just both sat down in the grass and just like stared into space and at each other like this whole time just like shaking our heads in disbelief and like we didn't even say anything we were both like just like clutching the grass and <laughs> i i don't know but like and we we didn't even talk about it that much um Oh, it was her birthday. It was her birthday, and that's why we mm. hung out. Um, and then she was, and then she was doing something that evening. Um, and I think I said to her that I just like couldn't go to it because I was just too sad about this film. And like because we'd spent that time, you know, seeing the film, she was like, "No, I understand." And like, mm. and she basically let me bail on her birthday because <laughs> I was like too sad about Captain Fantastic. Um, so yeah, so that's that's when I first saw the film, and like, and I wow. wasn't writing about film at all, and I didn't know any film critics or anything, mm. so I have no idea what people thought like when this first came out. Mm. Um, yeah, like you didn't hear the buzz or anything, so it was just <laughs> no, not totally, at all. It could it couldn't be going in more cold. That's no, really I didn't cool. like. If yeah. everyone had cancelled this film, I would have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would now, but like, you know, yeah. at the time, I would have was clueless. And it's very difficult to do that now because of how involved we are. Exactly, in, yeah. Um, in the film uh, so, circle. So I guess... Sphere. I like the word sphere. Sphere. Thank you. Yes. Synonyms. Um, so I think going... Yeah, and that's a little different from mine but I, I had something similar that I think I must have heard this from a festival because 2016 was the year 2017 um that I go I started paying attention to festivals and I was hearing about Vigo in particular and how there was he was building up a lot of buzz <laughs> if, thank you yes that Vigo and I was like oh I'm oh I'll get to it sure yeah I'll I'll get to it eventually It'll, it's like on it's like one of those Oscar movies that is on your list of to do, but I just never got for some reason I never got to it. It was just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. So this was actually my first time, and I was really oh. bummed because this was really really moving, and I enjoyed it greatly. Yeah, yeah, this was my first time um, as well. Um, I yeah I I didn't know much about it. Like I heard things here and there. I saw like stills from it. I'm like, oh, that looks like a quirky kind of comedic. Mm. Uh, movie especially with like the outlandish outfits I do remember seeing like a lot of the promotion was him in that red suit and the kids like one of them wearing mm. a gas mask and all that so mm. it, that's what it kind of postured itself to be and I know he got nominated for it but I really just like there was not much buzz like 2016 is when me and Jack started really getting into movies um, 
And so it was interesting to just have basically no knowledge of it. I didn't know the director. I knew Vigo because um, of Lord of the Rings and stuff. You know, he is Aragon, uh, the King of Men from Gondor. Want to throw in some Lord of the Rings? What? What is? What did you just say? Yeah, he's uh, never seen them. He's I never no seen idea. the movies. I've, I've, I've like... seen the first one. Oh, is he? Got and... more, they got more than him. Yeah. Maybe I'll catch like, up while in quarantine. Who knows? You, you have plenty of time. Yeah, I've got plenty of time. Honestly, Lord of the Rings might last as long as quarantine. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I didn't really necessarily know the grief aspect of it. I didn't know. Um, I didn't really know the tone either. I thought, mm-hmm. like at first, I thought it was like a comedy not really a drama and then as i was watching it it's like you know there is some humor like there it is a funny movie um but it's very much more beautiful and poignant uh of a family drama that explores a lot of sides of grief and childhood and um upbringing and that kind of stuff um but i yeah i really i really dug it i watched it late last night i um i watched it like i think like at three in the morning because i was I I had things to do and then I just like curled up in my bed with my iPad and just watched it and uh, it was really enjoyable. I, I it was a great viewing experience. Um, Ellie, you're talking about you're mentioning uh, your first experience. You I, I just want to sh- shout this out real quick. You wrote a great um, little entry on your letterbox about Captain Fantastic and the first three times it's... you saw it. And I would yes. really recommend people read that because it's it's really good. It's really good. Thank you very much. Thanks. Um, yeah. To go off of what you said about your history with Vigo, I know him best actually from his work with Cronenberg in uh, History of Violence and Eastern Promises. And I'm like, I'm kind of hot and cold on Cronenberg. We'll we'll get into his interesting entries this decade later on. But yeah, he's really, really good in both of those. Um, he's great in history. And so- yeah, he's great in history, especially. Um very soulful, very soulful actor. Like a lot of, a lot of you know fear and uh, strength behind his eyes. I guess it's the best way to put it. He's also hot. Yeah, he very, very not bad to look at. Yeah, certainly not like not hard. He gives eyes. off that beard in the movie. Oh, I'm like, so oh good. whoa. Let I me mean, look also, at that chin. I feel like the, the the kind of character that he's playing in this film it really set the tone for a lot of the um, good dads in film that we then saw genuinely from like 2016 onwards you know there's always been like good dads in films but he really like the kind of dad that Vigo plays in this like reminds me so much of Kayla's dad in eighth grade like there's loads of similarities you know and they're like really nice and like you know they can cry and they're like a bit hot (laughs) and they say good stuff to their kids like great characters Michael, nothing more you can ask me by your name exactly and Ladybird. Yeah. That's where popping um, my head. Ethan Hawke in Boyhood comes exactly. to mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Complicated uh, dads, but good dads. Exactly. And hot dads. It matters. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why it matters, but it does. Yeah. yeah no, it absolutely does. I don't it's make like, the rules. Yeah. It, you no, know, you don't make the rules. I mean, hey, I mean, they are daddy, by the way. I just, just want to yeah. put oh, that God. in bold letters. Key elements of storytelling right here. Sure. Gotta yeah. have a daddy. Um, I can't believe I said that sentence. But yeah, no. Uh, I'm really fascinated with like 
I really dug this movie, but I'm still chewing over, like, the thematic, like, I guess there's this internal conflict I feel in the movie that is, that's actually fascinating to me, and I don't know if it's on purpose of, like, whether the movie's trying to, and I, maybe I'm rushing things along, but it just came to my mind, like, we were talking about good dad, and in one sense, I think, I think, uh, What's the character's name? I can't remember off the top of ben. my head. Ben. Ben Cash. I yeah. think Ben is a good dad, but um, not, I, I, I wonder what the movie thinks in the sense of, I feel like there are times when it's trying to indict him of negligence and um, arrogance of his power over his children and how much he can really teach them. And there's other times where it celebrates him. And I'm very, it, it's, and I don't know if that's maybe that's a criticism of me, if it feels like the theme isn't consistent in the sense of what is it trying to say about this dude? Is this like, is the movie saying he's right? Is he wrong? Is it that black and white? Is it more complicated? It's probably, I think it says both. Yeah. I think it says both because, because there's, I think there's not, um, there's not loads of supporting characters, but the beyond his children, but, like they all play such a pivotal part because you've got you've got him and his six kids doing their whole thing and like you know leading the whole story but then um you've got that scene i don't know if it's his sister or his sister-in-law um and her husband and their children and i feel like that scene you know because so the the sister or sister-in-law played by Catherine Hahn she's about the same age mm. as him and she and you know t- they've got two sons who are the same age as some of those kids and I like I think that whole sequence when they when Ben's family go go to visit them is 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 so funny because it's just like such a sobering sight of like how how differently these kids have been raised and I think it's funny on purpose um so I think that scene really tries to be like you know look how great Ben is and look at everything that he's done for his children and look how silly um everyone else in the world is but then obviously later the stuff with um you know his wife's parents is just like the complete opposite and like it 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 paints him and and his whole way of life as like really dangerous and just just not an option really um so i i quite like how i think that both of those sides are just they're very very extreme in the way that they uh show like the two sides of 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 the impact that like their that their lifestyle can have yeah. um the whole thing is just like so extreme and so intense, um, which can be a turn off, I think. But I don't know. yeah, I think uh, we already knew from seeing a little bit of Ben's lifestyle <clears throat> how different it was from from normal civilization. But then once you get to Steve Zahn and Catherine Hahn's family, it becomes more concrete. And that contradiction is very tense. And um, that's that's really that's a really really good scene i think um because i think it could be a very judgmental this is a very non-judgmental movie i notice um that there is that we see the this the shades of gray later on um i think towards the end once um ben decides to give up his kids that's when the movie's like okay maybe this isn't as strong of a unit as we thought but it's not going to like totally disassemble and um and Dowd and Frank Langella aren't the uh the villains, but they're mm. just 
opposing figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was worried that they were going to make Fran- Frank Langella like the evil grandfather who says the worst things and doesn't understand anything about them, does not try to connect with the grandchildren, just push, pushes them or puts them into the box of being an outsider or hippies or whatever. And I thought it was going to get into a very, like, you know, typical, you know, one, uh, two-dimensional role. And the way they handle, um, the way they handle this, his character is much more complex than I thought and much more warm. Like, I mean, also, like, Frank Langella is a fantastic actor. He's so good. Anything he's in. I, I love Frost Nixon. He's a great Richard Nixon. Mm. It's a it's a very play movie. It's very, you know, it's very Broadway. It's based off in a, a play, but he's great in that. He seems like a theatrical actor. Yeah, he's a, seems... he's a theater. He's a theater legend. Um, that's where he made his bones. Um, but yeah, no, he's great in this. Um, and I think that's when just showing him being warm and just, like his connection to his grandchildren and seeing him like want to like uh, want to be better. Or not want to be better, but he wants to understand. He wants to do the right thing. He wants thing. to be present. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, okay, all right. That was the that was the one concern I had, and they washed that away pretty easily. Um, and I was really impressed by that because a lot of movies would do that because it's very much of a culture clash movie, and I think they handle that really well. It's one. It's probably the more. It's the most entertaining spots of this movie. Is the you know I mean it's. I don't, it's not fish out of water, but it's culture clash. It's like, uh, you know, the the socialist thinkers and like the educated, you know, like kids describe like giving the definition of fascism versus the, you know, the shitty teens who play uh, <laughs> violent video games. And I love those two. I love those two kids, uh, Han and Zans. And let's let's wait. We need to pause for a second. The parents are Han and Zahn. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Steven hey, Zahn, it's... Karen Han. Whoever that's that got... casting. Perfect. Um, they just looked at his names and they're like, oh, we'll cast them. No. Yeah, um, it's like lazy. It's like, it was like, yeah, and it sounds similar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love those. I love those shitty shit eating grins or, uh, that those kids have. Those two teenage boys. It's like they're just perfectly casted. Mm. Uh, yeah, all the kids are really great too. Oh, all yeah, the kids. All of them. That's the big that's the big They are take so good. Every <laughs> single one. Most people who have like ever read anything I've written will probably know uh that I'm a big fan of George Mackay. I think he's a very, very good actor. Mm-hmm. Um and he plays the eldest son in this. And he's fucking amazing. He's so yeah, good. Really good. <laughs> um very also much... great American accent. You know, because yeah, the first yeah. time that I saw this film, I think, I mean, yeah, this was, I think this was the first thing I'd seen him in. Um, and then didn't really pay attention to his career, like, at all, really, um, until uh, until True Kelly Gang, because I saw True Kelly Gang, True History of the Kelly Gang at yeah. uh, TIFF last year. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the guy from Captain Fantastic. He's so good. And then he was in 1917. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I know your name very well now. Um, Wait, McFly or McKay? It's Mackay. Uh, it's Mackay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Because that's why I had to learn all last award season, is that, oh, I've been saying this wrong, so now yeah. I know. For I future. mean, I, I interviewed him for 1917, and it was for the podcast as well. And, like, oh, about about yeah. five minutes before the interview, I made, a, like, I double-checked with the publicist. I was, I was like, excuse me, can you tell me which way the name is? And they're like, it's like pie. It's like pie. So, 
That's how I know. Oh, it was like um, John Krasinski one time at the Emmys was presenting Stephen Colbert, but as he kept on wanting to say his name is Colbert, Mm -hmm. it's like he kept on having to be reminded. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, how is he? Was he a good interview? Oh, he's so nice. Um, he's just like the nicest gentleman. He is just like I feel like he gives um. He gives the English a very good image. I think he's the kind of he's the kind of guy that you would like to imagine that all English men are like, um, and they're not. But he is like he's just very nice, very polite, very hardworking, very good actor. Uh, he's I, only, I only have good things to say about George McCain. Yeah, he's a That's cute awesome. boy too. He's very yeah, cute. He is. Yeah. He's very innocent looking. Yeah. Which yeah, is why he's so great. This is a perfect cast for 1917. It's just like someone who looks like, like the most you know idealistic, innocent person on this planet, and they're like, yeah, yeah that would be. He's the very easy. Then... He's very easy to root for. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. and he's. You can. I. I feel like in in, he's very good at playing the nice guy, and he's the kind of guy that like, you know, if he works really hard at something, you believe that. That like that he deserves to get it, which is why I think Kelly Gang was so interesting because it's just like you know such a different character. Um, mm. But anyway, that's a different movie. Oh yeah, this is not going to be Kelly Gang Pod. This is not about that. <laughs> um, um, while we're on Mackay, um, I got it right now. Mackay. Oh my I god! So proud of myself. Um, I I really dig him in this movie, and it's mm. also because I think there is layers to what he's doing and also I love like so when he's with um I can't remember the actress's name but she's on the boys and she's been in a few things but the girl he meets at that trailer park um Claire. he's Claire with uh when um when they're at the pool and he has his feet in the water him saying like like him explaining his false backstory I can't tell if he's doing it as a joke or not. And he I think is. that's the beauty of a performance. I think he is, yeah. I think he is too. But then but there are some times when I'm like, is he just like being weird or is he like like does he know that this is funny? Is and I think that's the beauty of his performances because he's a very socially awkward kid and of course and that's what he would be like if he grew up in that environment. It's mm. you know, an, an environment devoid of any actual social interaction that has any meaning or context to how society works Mm. Uh, and i think that's a really beautiful like balance he gives of not being like the totally like um self non-self-aware kid who has no idea how weird he actually is versus the person who's just always who knows exactly who they are i like that there's this conflict there Um, Mm. and also he's one of we're not going to talk about 1917 right now um we'll probably talk about, about that like in a different podcast but like yeah, eventually. I have criticisms of that movie in the sense of I don't know if they give him an actual, give him like a really full fleshed character with complexity. I think, and so it was great seeing. But and I think he's really good in that good. movie. He's, yeah, he's, he's really good in that movie. Yeah. I wish they gave him more of a character, but this one in this movie, I I really was like, yeah, no, this kid's great. He's really good. I mean, for, for 1917, Sam Mendes said that he wanted to cast two unknowns, which is, like, vaguely insulting to George Mackay because he has been acting for ages. But also, like, you know, it, it, it makes sense, and they just go with it. And, you know, there's just these... Fantastic slander is what it is. 
It is. He clearly has not seen this movie. It's like it's on Netflix. It's it's one of the few films that like I've seen on on the Netflix homepage for genuinely years. And I think you know they, there's usually like quite a quick turnaround with a lot of these titles. And I keep seeing it all the time. And it's like great, but why are you still here? Like why? <laughs> okay, like is everyone anything? watching this movie? <laughs> Interesting, because I know yeah. it's so currently it's not on the u.s netflix it is on the u.s hulu it's on the u.s hulu but they must have like a production they must have the deal or distribution deal that keeps it on netflix uk it's been there for so long interesting i think this is bleaker street so maybe what is bleaker street it's a studio logo a lot but like are they good they did. Um, oh, they released The Assistant in the US, I think, earlier this year, mm. which okay. is a great movie. Yes, a, a sobering movie, from what I hear. Yes, <laughs> but like so well made, so well acted. Um, mm. Yeah. Tom Wanscams. Oh my god! Uh, so I have an anecdote about that. Well, actually, oh. no, I don't. No, no, I'm going to save it. Um, I interviewed the director of that film, and I have an anecdote about that. So you can wait to read that. Oh, interesting. Um, for oh, Letterboxd. So, I'm not going to ruin it. Love it. Um, yeah. No, I, I think Makai's great in this, and all, all the yeah. kids are really good. Um, yeah. What I find cast. really interesting about all the kids is that none of them have really done anything since or before, or at least, like, not much, because I found it interesting. So, I rewatched it like a couple of days ago for this, and. Uh, mm. Obviously now, like, I've seen a lot more George McKay performances. And also, like, I'd completely forgotten that Anne Dowd is in it. So I was like, this is, you know, amazing casting. Um, but yeah, but like all of the kids, you know, like, I still thought their performances were amazing. But with them, I didn't have a kind of moment of like, oh, you've been in all of these things since then. And I'm just like, yes. why? Yes. Like, they're all so talented. And uh, the thing with that Anne Dowd casting is that whenever I, I see Anne Dowd in anything, I'm so on edge i'm, I'm just yeah. my you know i my heart just just kind of like tightens up a bit because i'm, I'm waiting for something <laughs> just yeah. that woman is very uh you know unpredictable so oh it's, my God. You it's know, interesting like, that she... it's never good news when Anne Dowd shows up <laughs> yes especially halfway through yeah, she's not introduced in scene one. No, it's yeah. never, she's it's never just great. She's gonna change everything. You're like, oh fucking hell! I thought, sorry, I thought we were fine here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, you know, Hereditary is is a great example of that. The leftovers, I mean. The left, yeah. I was just gonna say, like, we're a leftovers podcast here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the way that she says Kevin is just like Ugh. permanently ingrained in my head. So that show, never great. I think about it all the time. Yeah. How can you not? No. It's one of the greatest American pieces of art in the last 20 years. Hey yeah. guys, quick fact for you guys. Do you know how many Emmys that show won? Mm. Zero. Like, yeah, it, it got every time. No Emmys were given to The Leftovers. Thanks. Any, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but Ann Dowd's great. She plays just like the grandmother that we all want or have and... Uh, she does, she's not given a lot to do, but I think just her presence is enough for me. Hmm. Um, and that scene with her in bed is, uh, it's really, really great stuff. Yeah. So I just looked up some of the kids and they're doing 
some interesting things, but nothing too big. Yeah, uh, but like listen to the tone of your voice there, you know, like yeah, yeah. you know, we're trying sure. to find things. But no, I mean like we're trying to find more things because like they should they should be getting more. Like we shouldn't have to, you know, struggle to say that they're doing well. Um, they're working, but not a lot. They should be Jacob Tremblay. Right. Yeah, yeah. This Charlie uh, Shotwell character might be. He's he, he was in the Nightingale, All the Money in the World, True Which Zero, The Nest. Um, great question. Uh, Nye. Nye. Is that one of the little ones? I can't Must remember the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Nightingale. Saja is a wild character in this movie. The uh, is she's a little girl who has all these bones and a picture of Pol Pot in the in the, in the like in the like treehouse she's made for herself you don't remember mm. that when they're like zaja has the boning knife again and he has to go oh, and yeah, grab yeah, it yeah, yeah. and she's just mm. cutting a beaver and he looks <laughs> he looks at her wall and sees a picture of pull pot and he just and he just looks at her and he, she's like pull pot <laughs> you know genocidal <laughs> maniac pull pot what, what's yeah. the deal here bro <laughs> um what who's the kid that was really upset about um, the mom's death in the very beginning, and he took the knife and he kept scraping at the wood. Um, and then later on, I think it was the same kid that decided to stay with Dowd and Langella. Yeah, Riley. Early on, who was Rellian. Rellian. Nicholas Hamilton. He is Nicholas in... Hamilton. He was You've really seen good. him yeah. in It Two, chap. It, it Two and It One. Ah, He's yes. Henry Bowers, the young. Henry oh, Bowers. he was the bully. Okay. Yeah. He, he looks like he should be in kid. High School Musical or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should I, just, I mean that I, like in a nice way. Because I think both the It character and this character are very aggressive, like very just yeah. rage-filled, like horny teen boys. So I think if we get him something innocent and like filled with life, I think that. Well, a lot he's clearly of really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's why he's full of anger. He just needs to like let it out, and you know. Sing a song or something. Yeah, sing his little heart out, break yeah, into dance. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think the generational gap between the kids was very deliberate because you could tell like the di- difference between Makai being the older one and being the oldest out of all of them and having a different perspective on things and also having the uh, teenager going through puberty who's just, you know, who's has his hair almost over his eyes, very pouty. <laughs> You know, he's like he doesn't like anyone. Doesn't like his parents. Stays silent. Doesn't want to. He's like, why are we doing this? You know, we should be celebrating Christmas. Um, that I really thought that like added an interesting dynamic. And also mm-hmm. having the two younger ones, having uh, the two sister relationships. They're older, but not the oldest. It, I think it really adds because if you have all of them in the same age, it doesn't really add anything new to perspectives of what the situation is with the parenting and the, um, what do you call it? I guess, I don't even know what to call where they live. Like a, like a camp, I guess. I don't know. Campsite, maybe? Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like if there was less of the age gap between all of them, what, what could have happened? And I think the kind of thing that has tended to happen in in some other films vaguely like this is that like the whole film could have been about Vigo and about like his whole performance and his entire conflict because like there's definitely enough material for it to be all about him um 
but that's what I like about this film is that I think as you say like all of the kids you know there's little moments for all of them and they're already different they're not just like this this one like lump of children of just like <laughs> you that yeah. that that Ben has to like figure out what to do with them um yeah. because yeah in some instances when you've got like a parent often a dad left on their own I think it's quite an easy and a bit of a lazy trope to be like oh no the dad's gonna be clueless with all these humans to raise on his own yeah. um I think that's done like really tastefully here and um like it's hard but it's not made to seem like these children are just like these faceless monsters or whatever <laughs> yeah this isn't um this isn't something where it's like the kids are like aggressively kids either yeah like they're they're not like um crying or they're not like asking their dad for a candy bar with their when they're at the gas station or something like this could go um horribly wrong like there's this uh, James L. Brooks movie called I'll Do Anything and it's about Nick Nolte trying to raise this little girl but the little girl is like just like a demon <laughs> I, I mean I like kids but she is like I, I don't know this kid in this movie the devil is, incarnate yeah uh, like something else just another whole creation so it's not like this is a whole like dozen of those kids you know it and you're right. It's not like they're, it's white noise either. Like, they have enough mm. agency. Well, I mean, they're all so clever. Like, this comes yeah. back to the way that, like, Ben raises his children. I mean, <laughs> they all have such amazing just general knowledge and just they're so thoughtful. And I really like the bit um, when they're on the bus and one of the girls is reading and Ben asks her what he's reading and she says she's reading Lolita. That's and so good. Yeah, and then and then he's like, "What what do you think of it?" And she goes, "It's interesting." And then everyone on the bus is like, "Interesting, forbidden word." And I was like, oh, "You're so right. It's so clever. I should be told that all the time. It's a terrible word." Yeah. Anyway, um, and yeah, and then the way she talks about it, like again before rewatching it, I remembered that scene and I thought, "Oh, she sounded so clever when she was like, you know, analyzing the book." But when you watch it again, like she's not saying anything that's too. Um, like too dense or too complex or anything. It, Nothing groundbreaking. Yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah. really kind of lucid and fluid and thoughtful dialogue, um, which is so well played. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's what makes like their lifestyle and the way that Ben is raising them feel like not too ridiculous or unbelievable or just insane. Because I think like sometimes it does and I think it plays up to that fact like when they're talking about like being Marxist or Trotskyists or Trotskyites or whatever they want to call it um and having Noam Chomsky day and all of that I think you know they really play up those bits but then in these other scenes when these kids are just like they're just really mature and they just they just know how to function and know how to live and I Mm. think it's that that really um that ma- that really grounds it and just makes it like at all believable. Yeah, and it's not it's not like kids that are just so intelligent, or it's like you think a nine year old can outmatch a parent in general knowledge, but it's like just basic yeah. information that like it's um, not impenetrable at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, I think Ben's right in that they will learn the same stuff um, in school that he has taught them, but where he's wrong is. What we find out later on, yeah, Yeah. they'll learn more, where the uh, social cues with Mackay. 
yeah, that scene both. is yeah, so it, it, funny. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. I love I love after that Lolita scene. Um, I think it's Saja or Nye, and they and they ask, "What's what's rape?" And then Vigo explains it bluntly, and then he's like, "What's sexual intercourse?" And like the conversation, but it's played just, so seriously. It's amazing. It's so funny. <laughs> I would I would watch a three hour movie of Vigo Mortensen just earnestly, soberly. <laughs> explaining yeah. very complicated concepts inappropriate concepts to children like yeah. how he explains crack and i just it's so <laughs> right, I, I just yeah. want to watch that on loop just him explaining just like <laughs> him just like being very serious well, well crack is a, a crystallized form of cocaine that is highly yeah. addictive that yeah yeah it's good stuff in the 80s and, and just like oh okay cool 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 and i just uh it's so i that's probably my favorite parts of the movie. Just like the, again, like I keep thinking about when that kid, and the kid's like, you don't even know what fascism means, and this child just saying, oh, it, you know, it's a militant use of nationalism, blah blah blah. And I'm just, I'm like, it, it, I don't know why. I know that's like the draw of this movie is, wow, look at these kids explaining these really weird concepts, or like not weird, but like, like intelligent concepts, and they celebrate Noam Chomsky Day. But I still think that's just, it puts a smile on my face. Yeah, just them what? just being so like I fucking know this shit. Well, it's because they because they don't explain it in a weird way, and like no one's putting on like a funny voice or having kind of you know overly theatrical body language or anything. It is just mm. very matter of fact, and I think it's because like like the film is not making fun of itself. Like it's not making fun of its characters, and I think like you can tell that there's so much respect and kind of curiosity and you know, concern and care built into all of these things rather than pointing fingers um, mm. in a good or a bad way. And I think we, if if you if, if if it took itself a bit less seriously, like it wouldn't be as good a film. I think yeah, those yeah. kind of very like painstaking in- intentions are so important because I think it's a very fine line that it, I think it could be um, extremely annoying, but I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think it is. Mm. Yeah, Matt Ross is never like get a load of these guys yeah, because it's right. it's not like he wants to be preachy with it. He just, um, I, I think he would just. I think it's more uh, curious. I think he's it's it's kind of like uh, he's a curious he's a curiosity driven filmmaker. Mm. Um, if this re- reminded me of anything, <clears throat> it's Deborah Granick's Leave No Trace. Yes, mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's like the it's great like the great movie IP version yeah. of Leave No Trace. Mm. Um, both take place in the Pacific Northwest. Leave No Trace yeah. takes place in Portland, which I currently okay, live okay. in. Okay, okay, I get it. I get it. You're um, from. And this I takes get place it. You're in from the Pacific Northwest, in like Oregon, <laughs> and it's very nice. There's, you know, probably some Washington thrown in there. It's very scenic. Just saying, but Pacific Northwest is the best. Um, I, I, I just want to go back to that quick point about how like the lifestyle feels like it's treated respectfully instead of heightened or. Um, uh, uh, jokingly um apparently the alternative lifestyle of the family uh seems very realistic in the film this is actually a detail vigo mortensen especially paid attention to and questioned the director matt ross to make sure all the living components were accurate lucky for matt ross he actually drew on his own childhood growing up with an alternative off-grid lifestyle in the pacific northwest mm-hmm. and not that all dissimilar from that in the film i could kind of tell that wow. from the jump because it felt very genuine and yeah. felt like someone was drawing off of a very personal experience. There's a lot uh, of details. I think yeah. 
like yes you can make it up but i think you know there's only so many uh cliches in rewritten worlds and other families that you can turn to whereas i think a, I th- a big draw to this is that all of it is there's a lot of things that i'd never seen anything like it and the fucking noam chomsky day like who would do that like, just you can't make that up <laughs> it made me google noam chomsky i gotta be honest with you, <laughs> there you are. yeah uh. Oh, that's so, it's just those little things. I mean, like the whole thing about him getting them knives and like, you know, like bow and like um uh bows. It's so funny where they're like, Thank you so much. Oh, it's a K bar fighting knife, it's serrated, steel bladed, it's just like um and also him getting the book <laughs> of the um uh, of I forget what it's called, but it's like a a sex book in the sense of like explaining concepts of sex to one of his kids and she's just like yeah, at one point they just drop it they just drop the book just like I can't do this anymore it's <laughs> oh, so funny when I first started this I thought that it was kind of like cultish but the beginning is very cultish when he eats right? like that fucking deer's heart that, that's a little much I gotta it's be honest completely different tones I think also Another thing for what I watched for the first time, I think when we mm. went into cinema and, and we saw that scene, we we're both like, oh God, what have we done? Like we wanted this like lighthearted, you know, cute, forgettable, whatever. I was like, who is this guy with the insane eyes? Why is he doing that? I don't, I, 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 I don't He's want covered this in blood. Yeah, like yeah. what the hell? Um, Did we go into the wrong screening room? And it's, right. And then, and then, <laughs> do you know what? I, often get i worry about that i i worry about that often <laughs> right me too yes. and like and so often I miss even like, yeah it's like oh, bloody hell. even even like when i'm watching something online i will have to wait until the title comes up to, to make sure that i'm doing the right thing and even when it does sometimes i'm like really are you sure like have you just put this here to yeah. trick me anyway um <laughs> when i when i saw gems i i turned to my friend i was like do we coming to the right right room and then like the title came up yeah, when the they were beginning in is Ethiopia. very right. like uh, yeah. they, they, is this the right the thing? scene in right. Africa and then like the visuals were like where? Yeah, I thought this was about Adam Sandler <laughs> yes yes uh but yeah wait, what were you saying uh yeah it's, it's just weird like it's just that first scene is just like I get it but it's such a different tone and also this time when I watched I noticed like where um where the title comes up and the title comes up like at, at the end of that scene in the forest when like throws up his hands like kind of like as a show and tell right, I, I noticed yeah. that too it was very yeah. weird but I, I just find it strange how like obviously so much of this film I think is um you know about Ben Cash and all of his children and yet that title you've got Figo Mortensen taking up like half of the frame and it's him after like after his eldest son has 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 killed the thing and with the blood and in the forest and all of that, and the title just comes up next to Figaro's face and 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 it, I don't know it it makes you think that it's going to be you know all about whoever this man is and whatever relation he has to these young people like like yeah. a cult leader or like you know some <laughs> kind of tribe. Um, yeah. I've just and and then it and then it never returns to that. It never returns to that kind of tone. Um, it's just weird. Like it's great, mm. but it still makes no sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it might it might be a combination of a few things with um the tone and uh, Diego's performance that he soothes you into this world. It's not mm. something where it's too uh, militaristic, I guess. Um, 
even though I think Ben is someone who um, who shows a great deal of confidence and uh, intelligence, um, and he believes in his system a great deal, um, it's never something where you're like, this guy, from the very beginning. Um, yeah, because I, I think you're slowly, your sympathy is switching a lot of time. We just did the favorite and same deal with that movie that your sympathy is, is never stationary for a long period of time. And, um, that's just another thing that keeps this longevity with this movie. Yeah. I, it was weird. Like how, how in I was from the, uh, not necessarily from the very beginning, but like when I started seeing their lifestyle and I started seeing him like treat, how he treats his children, how he, how he's a father. It was weird how in I was in the sense of I was in his camp. Like when people started challenging him and like his sister and Steven Zahn, I was standing up for him in my mind. I like I'm like, no, he's right. He, you know, you know, you guys are it was weird how like defensive I was from him. Or or defensive for him. Because usually if I let's say if I if I don't see that backstory, I'm coming into that situation. Oh wow, this guy's a nut. You know, he's not. You know, <laughs> he doesn't understand society. Society, how it works. He's being in denial. He's living an alternative lifestyle that's not sustainable. Blah blah blah. But like, coming in from like from his backstory and like the context that the beginning of the film gives, I'm like, yeah, no, he's right, and I'm with him for so long. And then when Langella kind of comes in, has a bigger role, then I'm kind of considering. And he has that scene where, like, you know, he shoots the air, then he starts talking to him, like, he broke his hand, you know, what are you going to do? And, you know, he also gets drunk and at one point and, you know, kind of, Mackay has that freak out of, you haven't taught me anything, you've made me a freak, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, maybe he is wrong. Maybe he has, like, there is something wrong. Maybe I'm not on his side. And then I still like I did almost like a completely one eighty. I'm like, no, you gotta you gotta leave, bro. You you're this is not this is not <laughs> And yeah. when his yeah. kid breaks her neck trying to rescue um I wish I was better at the character names, but Relian. Relian. Yeah, yeah, Relian. Um the only name like, ever. No, no, wait a minute. He's right. He should not be the father. He's horribly unsuited for this. Um He's going to get one of them killed because he's going to be setting up plans just like this one, if not worse. Um, but then you're like, nah, he is a good dad. <laughs> like, I don't know what to think. <laughs> Everything's possible. But was he a good husband? Ooh. I don't think he goes into that, which I guess is... I guess, I guess left it up for speculation, yeah. Yeah, I think... I mean, obviously could have gone much more into that and could have had much more on the mother beyond literally the two frames where you see her. They're very well shot frames, but like, you know, there's only two. Um, but I, I feel like if you did, you you would have to lose some stuff on the kids, which would make them less interesting characters and or the film would have to be like at least half an hour longer. And I mean, like, it's two hours. Like, it's good. But I also think if... You know, if we're going way back to pre-release or whatever, selling a film, yes, with Viggo Mortensen, but, like, no one else, really, of much note. Like, if it's going to be two and a half hours, like, no one's going to go and see it. Um, So I would love to know more about the mother and, you know, and her as a wife as well. But I think Mm. it's got to be another movie, you know? got to be a sequel. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'd watch and it. I guess yeah, I think I would too. And the only alternative that I could think of is if they do um, like a Little Women style flashbacks, or it's like you yeah. keep cutting between maybe uh, pre and present family life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he offhand mentions uh, the time they were on a farm, like when Bo was three, like when yeah. he's talking to Steve Zahn and Catherine Hahn about the time that he moved into the campsite. Yeah, Zahn and Han. Um, and it, and it's like you could just go back into that, like cut to when he's having that conversation. Mm. But um, anything's possible. I guess what bothers me in the this sense could be like Matt Ross's question. uh before trilogy, or it's like oh, no, I'd the, love the, that. Um, that'd, that'd nine years cool. later, that'd be dope, right? Oh, um, I'd watch that. So good. I guess my problem with I I don't even know if it's a problem. I'm I, I'm really fascinated with this movie because I think I think it's sometimes it's a bit messy and I like it because it's kind of unsure of itself in this in the sense of them uh, you know like it's thematic ideas. Um, I just have no idea what the if the movie. What is is the movie trying to say? Yeah, he's actually a bad husband because he got his wife killed, or he's not. Like, no, no. He, he made an honest mistake because, like, he admits it, and then you know, like, I don't know. I I just I guess I'm trying to like, what does the where does the movie come on of him and of how how wrong was he for what he did with his wife? Because he says he fucked up. His kids say he fucked up. And it's this very like sobering moment of him kind of admitting, I knew, I knew this was a bad idea, but I wanted to do it anyways. And I'm just like, I'm kind of confused in the sense of, so are you like a bad guy? Because you kind of made this pretty horrible decision that was very unhealthy for her. But in the sense of you were trying to do the right thing, but you knew. And I mean, the thing is, what this movie might be trying to do is, and I don't want to keep putting this uh, speculating in the intention of a film a film is a film and you get from what you get but it's interesting because i get these conflicting emotions and maybe that's what the film is trying to do is trying to make you ponder you have you have this inner conflict of yourself of trying to decide how wrong was he for doing what he did and is should he be forgiven does he grow from it was it an honest mistake or was it someone who was like negligent? I don't know. It, it's it's something that I keep thinking about. I don't mm. I don't think it's that black and white when it when it comes to to the relationship with the wife because I think we I think we're we're given so little of her um, that I think I mean I love I love this film but if I had to draw any criticism I do think that. Any time that the focus goes away from these children and this father and their relationship and when both parties start speculating about what he did that was wrong or right in relation to their mother and being like, it was my fault that she died and my this and my that. Those kind of questions kind of annoy me, like from the film and from the characters, because it's like, you know, she, she like she was her own human being with her own not like not just agency, but like her own illness and like and her own mm-hmm. her own everything. And you know, like we don't know how invested she was in teaching the the kids all of the lessons and like how much she pushed for them to move out there. You know, all we get is um is Ben's 
side of the story and and the kids side of the story um so i don't know i'd I'd, like i don't really see it as being uh as being like as focused on ben on his own as being like a person who needs to seek like redemption or forgiveness or move on or anything i think it could have been that movie but again i I think it could have been that movie if it had been all about him and there wasn't the focus on the kids and i don't and i don't think it would have been as 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 good a movie um to me like all of the interesting stuff is 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 all of the bits that link um you know that link all of them in this i i think there's this kind of atmosphere that like everyone matters in the same way and they've all they all play very key parts and they're all connected in the, in, in the same fashion um mm. yeah it doesn't feel like one kid is more important than the other and that's a really yeah. good part of it i think it's yeah. it shows that she has doubts as well with um the whole uh Bo going to college uh subplot where she was very in in support of that decision, like the homeschooling may not have been the best uh, area of this lifestyle. Um, so but then I, I think a lot that we're not told. Like you know, true. one of the flashbacks yeah. we see her saying to him, "You know what we're doing here is amazing," and so like I don't know, we don't, we like we have no idea. And then it's kind of not completely disclosed, like why she was in hospital and like you know where her illness comes from, and that's like a whole other thing. Um, mm. But I think it's fine not to go into. Could she have um, got the illness from this lifestyle? I, I mean, right. I don't know. I think it could have been. I mean, again, I like I have no idea, but I think uh, it could have been completely before. Like I, I, I like that not everything is attributed necessarily to this lifestyle, both good and bad. I think all of the qualities and the bad habits that everyone has. I, I think guess. it's quite fluid as and when they might have got picked up. And mm. I like that because I think if it was all like pointing fingers at, oh, because they were in the forest, everything is terrible. Um, I I think that would have been bad. Mm. And you know where this also could have gone wrong? Like, let's say um, Ben is forced to put all the kids into like a public school and then we like, go into the oh, school yeah. and no, we no, see no, no, no. all of them trying to socialize and it's like Ugh. they're the obvious outcast. That's when it becomes a cringy comedy. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. That's when it becomes very preachy, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Very, very I guess... uh, thin line between how this could have gone wrong and where it goes mm. right. Oh, yeah, especially in tone. Um, I guess just maybe put a little button on this, the, the wife subplot is if it looks... <laughs> If the movie is saying it's his fault, he says it's his fault, his kids say it's his fault, then let's explore that. If you want to really go for it, like, that's just, I, I don't feel like that's such a big, that's a big bombshell to drop is. I don't no, think the movie fault. is saying that, though. I think, I think he is saying that because he's, he's grieving and he doesn't know what else to do. And I think the kids are saying that because they're angry, but I don't think that any of them I don't think it's that rooted in truth um, because I think it's a very the whole thing is just so emotional and so caught up in in these feelings and in in these moments and everything that I think um, I think like with every decision in that film I can't really see where like the right and 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 the wrong is and and I quite like that. Mm. Yeah, that's a yeah. No, I agree. I. I... 
I guess if that's the case, then I don't know. Let's just not let's say let's come to the conclusion it's not his fault. And I'm not saying I need the movie to solve my pro- to solve the problem for me, but I feel like if you're if we're really going to discuss the idea of if there is a fault, if if he was negligent of his wife's well being, I feel like that's a really important point not to just brush by. Um, if it. But if we, I just, I guess, if you want to, if you want to really introduce that idea of his possible negligence, I don't know. I wanted a little more exploration of it. But besides that, I mean, that's pretty much my only criticism. It like, and I don't even think it. I don't know if it's necessarily a criticism because I think there's these ideas in that inherent plot and how complicated it is that makes me think more in that. That's a achievement in some respect, whether it, may, if it was intentional or not. It makes me think of like, well, what is it really trying to say? What am I getting from it? What am I? Um, what is my reaction to the idea of his, uh, the idea of him being possibly negligent and mm-hmm. everyone admitting guilt in some sense? Um, so I think I, maybe I we were to uh, we were to assume the resentment uh, from Catherine Hahn that it's it just means maybe it wasn't always right with um what's the wife's name leslie leslie Leslie. yes yes that wasn't always right with leslie and ben oh parks and recreation that's crazy um holy yeah so it's wow that's funny yeah so i think katherine hahn is ben's sister yeah yeah that's what i got from it yeah that's i i think it's sister because um she says in that when she lets him know that she committed suicide, that I'm your sister, I'm going to be here mm-hmm. for you. True, yes. Um, um, so, yeah, I think, yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's... She's just so resentful of, of his actions, so there there's just some unspoken thing there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it all, it also is, like, he does kind of dunk on her. When he brings out his kid and talk about the Bill of Rights. Like, it is, I mean, she did challenge him, but it was, like, pretty vicious. And he did it in front of her kids, too. It was, yeah. I mean, it was really funny. I don't think any kid, not just Catherine Hahn's kids, could do that. <laughs> could be up to that challenge. To that challenge, no. I could probably tell you what the Bill of Rights says. <laughs> at that age. Right. I would hope so. Um, yeah, I think. I, but I did like besides you know that whole plot. I think it's really just a really well done movie that has a lot of entertaining entertaining elements, whether it be the culture clash and also nuance when it comes to the grandfather and overall and like parenting. I mean the in, the essential question and concept of what an upbringing does if you do can you is there a perfect environment for a kid is there such thing to promote perfect mm. excellence for survival Quarantine. in the world exactly no, i'm joking <laughs> absolutely not um, I no idea about anything Don't yeah it, <laughs> no do listen I, i'm, I'm <laughs> actually not that idea uh, um big yeah. shout out to steven fontaine he shot this ice moves really good looking beautiful. it's so he also shot he also shot Jackie, L, uh, the pro- a prophet, and yeah, he's just really talented. Really yeah, handsome movie. The landscapes. I mean, the Pacific Northwest is such a oh. Here we go again. Filmmakers. Okay. I'm just saying it's uh, like it's the natural beauty of the Pacific Northwest. You cannot for landscapes stop. And exteriors. It's just it's, it. 
it's so it's like it, it's it's so easy for these filmmakers to just make it so beautiful because it's so yeah, beautiful. it's all right there for them. It's yeah. it's all it's already pre pre laid out. God, I mean, just look at anything from Kelly Reichardt. Oh yeah, yeah, fucking oh, yeah. a. Kelly Reichardt, like old joy. Fuck. Oof. Those like certain, certain women. Oh my god. No, it's the, the, it's the, just the landscapes. I mean, just like, oh god. I'm just like, I, I you know, I'm looking outside my window right now, seeing the Florida Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to brag about here. Nothing to brag about at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's a beautiful looking movie. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I didn't take any notes because again, it was at three in the morning. Um, <laughs> did you know anything about Matt Ross? I know he's an actor. I looked it up. Like he was in the Aviator. Like he's been actually in a lot of things I've seen, but I don't recognize his face. He seems like a character actor. Apparently, this is his uh, second film. He's only directed three. It looks like. Um, or two, I guess. Does he have anything coming up? Uh, Does anyone have an anything coming up? Tomorrow does, and does tomorrow. anyone in the world? Because the <laughs> yeah, answer is yeah. no. Like, <laughs> the world is cancelled. The world yeah. is delayed. There is nothing coming up. <laughs> We're a bit on pause, but Matt Ross is here to save us. Yeah. Um, no, really nothing. I was going to say. Oh, yeah, so... The other big thing about this, um, obviously Vigo was nominated. Uh, he was up against a surprise nomination. The surprise. I think we can all agree this might be the critics' favorite. Um, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. we have given uh, Casey this over uh, Captain Fantastic, or is it just like, nah, I'm pretty all right with Casey Affleck. I. I think he gave a. Re- I I think they're comparable performances. To be fair, um, I think they're doing similar-ish things in similar-ish, very-ish contexts. Um, grief but... and father. Yeah, grief yeah. stricken. Yeah, the yeah, father, yeah, yeah. someone in grief. Yeah, but I think obviously with uh, I don't know. I think Casey Affleck was easier to vote for, not morally, but I think in the sense that like. The performances, like the performance is more isolated. You know, it's like we've kept saying, like Vigo probably would have won if, if the kids weren't so good. Really, mm. yeah, and very much uh, a character study. Like I think both of those, both of these guys are uh, are um, in every scene, so it's like they have the most screen time, indefinitely out of out of everybody. Even though I think you can consider both movies ensembles. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to read the nominations for Best Actor of that year? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Andrew Garfield Mm -hmm. for Hacksaw Ridge. Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic. And Denzel Washington for Fences. Seems like a pretty standard. I don't, there's no huge surprises there. I do love Gosling. Yeah. It was that's, very good. That's, I mean, say what you about, about that movie, but if he won, that'd be actually really cool. <laughs> I 
maybe one substitute I would have would be Dev Patel for because I mean I would have to look at my spreadsheet, but of the Oscar nominated movies, I would change out Dev Patel for Andrew Garfield in a second. Oh, um, wow, really, Dev for Lion? You like Lion that much? I like him in Lion that much. He's a fantastic uh-huh. actor, and that's a great role for him. Interesting, interesting. I would swap Andrew Garfield for Andrew Garfield <laughs> in Silence. Yeah, he is riveting in silence. Um, I, I, I just cannot stand Hexar Ridge. So that's that's a pretty easy um, takeaway. Hexar I think not good in that movie. Gar- Garfield's not good. Yeah, no, he's not I good at know. all. Oh, I didn't say that. I said his accent's not good. You're oh, oh, oh. Well, um, but yeah, I think I think those nominations are all right. I, I not. Yeah, nothing too crazy. What do you think about those nominations, Ella? Yeah, I th- I I think they're 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 good. I mean, again, I must admit that I have only started paying uh, close attention to the Oscars when I have had to. Um, so it was probably like 2016. Like that was probably the first time that I was very like very engaged with it. Um, mm. I mean, I, I loved Captain Fantastic, Manchester by the Sea, and La La Land. So I was very much like, this is fine. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. I mean, if Fences was, you know, it's great acting. The movie itself, yeah. I'd rather watch the play. Um, but yeah, I think they were fine. I guess. Mm. Yeah. 2017 is where it all kicked off. Um, mm, but, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. that's that that that's another podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I'm just looking at my own nominations i mean nothing that would have gotten nominated that i have would have gotten um besides casey i mean adam driver and patterson is pretty mm, yeah like i had um uh uh paul dano and swiss army man there <laughs> and no, so that's i mean that that film was never me. gonna get nominated no, no, i know i, I know but personally yeah that's, oh, good I, movie I, yeah, good movie. I need to see it. I need. It. I've only heard the wildest thing. So funny, so funny. It's good. Harry Potter is in that movie. Yeah, yes. Harry Potter. He's very, very good. Um, a... but yeah, no. So I, I think the, um, the nominations were were pretty solid that year. But it's like, I think everyone just kind of ran into a bulldozer with Casey. Yeah. Would you have nominated the movie for anything else? Because it's the only nomination. Screenplay. Yeah. I think it's a really nice screenplay. I think the music is really nice. Um, I I mean, uh, it was the year of La La Land, so obviously, like, you know, forget about it. But like, <laughs> Justin but, Hurwitz kind of like had it sewed up. Yeah. Um, but but I, I really think that the music in this film um i don't i mean i don't know how well it works in isolation like i i don't really listen to that score very much yeah. but i mean it contributes to to the whole like constant swelling emotion like so much it's mm. it's, it's so like, intense and um, quite weirdly, understated yeah, yeah understated. weirdly i think it has some very uh loose parallels with swiss army man in terms <laughs> of like the moments where it's kind of just like the score just being a bit atmospheric and like a, bit, of, a little bit ethereal. Um, Love that score. I like vaguely existential and just kind of 
you know, a little bit of a hopeful, but also trying to make you cry. And um, mm. yeah, I think the music in Captain Fantastic is so good. Yeah. And uh, the Swiss Army Man score is just as wild as the movie. So mm. it's it's not it's not like uh, the score and the tone here in Fantastic is not opposed to each other. They're very much in sync. Yeah. So I just looked up this composer and it's Alex Sommers. And Honey oh my Boy god, he did Honey Boy. Yes, that's oh, what I was going to say. Sorry. And we just covered just that movie. We just we covered that movie two episodes ago, so that was that's so a, three, three. Good. Oh, good. that all makes sense now because I remember. Um, I think like after I rewatched Captain Fantastic, I one of the times I looked him up and I was like, oh, I haven't seen him do much. And then before Honey Boy, I saw his name pop up and I was like, oh, this is gonna be sick. And I was right, <laughs> and it was so good. And for some yeah. reason, like when I rewatched Captain Fantastic now, I didn't remember that it was him again. He's oh, so good. He's dope. He hasn't yeah. even done that much. He's Very under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he just did um, Charm City Kings, which I have heard good things about out of um, one of the festivals. I think Meek Mill's in it. Yes, Meek Mill in Charm City Kings. All right, that was a weird sidetrack. Um, but yeah, no, Alex Summers. Dope. dope <laughs> more. Uh, yeah. Love, Maybe for his next score, he'll get nominated. Yeah. Prediction. Yeah, right like now. three. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. knows if there's going to be an Oscar? So. <laughs> Ever <laughs> again. Yeah. Oh, that, that's crazy. Um, yeah. uh, who besides. But that also Wait. means, hang on, if there's no Oscars, just looking at the bright side, there's no Oscar discourse. That's a great point. Oh, so, no, but there'll be some kind of discourse. There'll be discourse about the bad movies instead. Oh, also, sorry, we haven't singled out that Captain Fantastic maybe wrote the single greatest line in cinema where one of the mm-hmm. kids is like, mm, we should do Christmas, and Vigo is just like, okay, let's have a discourse. Oh. Yeah, true. It's like <laughs> Beautiful. Great. I love Incredible. that. Incredible. That is a really good, that's a really good like, scene. Stunning. We're all here to open, you know, we're all here to hear your argument. We're all, you know, and if we, and we'll keep our minds open, please. Go and uh, right, he just he just leaves, he's just oh, like boy. can't hang. Rellion's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> I do <laughs> like the uh, the the scene that Bo is talking to Claire, I think, and he's telling him her about his name, just like we're the only ones with these names, or it's like it kind of comes off hokey if you've heard them being called by name by Ben up until that point. But then once you start to understand, I, I think that's, it could come off schmaltzy and I wonder, I would understand for the, some people, but I, I think that's actually pretty cool where it's just, um, there's it's also just in the world because it's acted really well. And again, it's acted like completely seriously. Like he's yeah. not showing off about it. He's not being like overly proud or overly, smug like look how cool we are he's just like very matter of fact like you know this is the logical reason yeah about this thing you think is weird <laughs> very sincere yeah uh, he's not like very my sincere. name's Bo, and i think i'm you know yeah <laughs> i don't think i'm hot shit um yeah. <laughs> speaking of what who's 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 everyone's favorite kid there's six kids. Which one's your favorite? Like in the world or just in this movie? <laughs> yeah, all of, no, the movie. The, the, out of the six kids, we got... Let me read off these names, actually. We got oh, Rillian. We got Curly. We got Vesper. We got 
Bold, uh, Bodavon, we got Saja, and we got Nye. Is Nye the little red? Sean Nye Hunt. is the uh, is the um, boy, the small boy. Oh, no, she's no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe Bo, just because I-, I think we're all around his age. So I think it was it was easy to. Uh, How old is uh, he? Mackay. Well, no, I as think... in like Bo in the film. Oh, that's a great point. I would say he looks eighteen, nineteen, at least yeah, convincingly. I, funny enough, I was going to say this. Yeah, because I guess he's like looking to go to university. How old so, is Mackay? Twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty eight. No, no kidding. Nineteen ninety two. Wow. Lucky how first. how old did you think he was? I don't know. I was like t- early twenties. Yeah, he looks. He, I mean, he doesn't look like twenty, but he looks. Yeah, he does. I mean, it goes back to that innocence thing. Yeah. Um, well, I guess he was twenty four when they, well, twenty three when they shot this. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that's think... true. Yeah. But still, um, he looks really young in nineteen seventeen. He looks um, like Florence Pugh is twenty three. Yeah. So they kind of look like... I mean, they are the same generation, but... People are young, man. It's weird. Yeah, it's wild. Age. It's wild that people are around our same age, but way more successful and way more prettier than us. I mean... Elle Fadling is 22. Get out of town. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> hmm. We should just end it now. I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> There's nowhere to go from here. Uh, I'm just sad. Uh, We're not going to go anywhere. My, but yeah. my favorite is the is Saja. She's just wild. She's just like very weird. She, and I, I don't know. I just dig her energy again. Like she has a fucking photo of Pol Pot next to like these <laughs> carved bones that she has killed animals over, and has this like and <laughs> I don't know. She she she's wild. Uh. uh do you have a favorite kid, Ella? I mean, like, I can't say it's Bo. Like, I can't because also he to me he he just seems like he has such a different like narrative to the other kids that mm-hmm. he's like this kind of in between between the children and and Ben. Um, I I do not know her name, but the girl who sings "Sweet Child of Mine," she's got such a nice voice. I don't know what her name is, but I I, I like that, so I'll pick her. Kyler, 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 Kyler. Spelled sure. Kyler. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that, it. She's great. Yeah, that yeah. was a great way to end the movie. That song, mm-hmm. I like. I was in my like. I bet I'm just like, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's like, really well done. done. Yeah, it's, it's just, it, it caps it, off. It caps it off with two. Jam it's really sesh. energetic too. Like it's just a great song, and they yeah, do yeah. it. They handle it really well. Mm. It's a banger, as the kids would say. <laughs> Are we not kids? It does slap. It does, it does, in fact, slap. Are we cool now? Is this yeah. is this how it works? Right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I'm not cool. um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm trying to think. If, is is there anything else we want to mention? Um, how does so? You wrote a little bit about this, Ella. But how are your rewatches? So you've seen this movie three times now. I have seen it three times. Um, yeah, is I mean, the they're good. Still, your favorite was that the first watch? Still, you're like, is that the best experience? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think so. Just because it was like I was just so like blown away by it. Um, so I think so. Uh, the second time I watched it, it was more just like to show it to my dad. Um, and I, I don't know. That never goes well when you show something to someone and you're like, they're going to love it because I love it. Like they just, you know, like he thought it was fine. But um, a couple of days ago when I said I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, do you want to watch it again? And he was like, have I seen that before? And I was like, yes, you've seen that before. Like I showed it to you. <laughs> um, but also it was on a plane. So like, you know, not great. Um, yeah. But no, I, I've really enjoyed watching it this this most recent time um i think also because i was i i think like being you know like working as a critic now and and knowing more people and having vaguely heard what people thought about it i went into it thinking you know yes i like this film but i'm ready to kind of take distance from it and see what other people think and see that maybe it's just okay but like mm-hmm. i still think it's great and it, I, I i find that it's such a satisfying feeling when when you revisit something and you're like, okay, but like, I was stupid in the past. I'm going to like it less now. You know, I've like evolved and I've got better taste. Um, and you're yeah. watching, you're like, no, I was right the first time. This is great. I love this. Yeah. Um, it's not so, one of those instances where you're like trying to ignore all the obvious problems. Right. And now it's just like, now my uh, glasses are all fogged and I'm trying to right. see past it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I think that there would be a few moments in this film when when I would uh, again most recently when I would like genuinely gasp or laugh and every time something like that would happen I'd think yes I was right this is a good <laughs> film more is. points yeah oh yeah that's always a great experience like I've rewatched movies that I'm like I remember this being good but you know I'm now I now have an informed opinion so is it really good and I watch it and I'm like I was right I knew it. I was on to something. That was, uh, I, I think I have something similar with uh, Force Majeure, the awesome mm. movie. And yeah. I, it was, I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. And um, I saw that, like your uh, revisit with Fantastic, I saw that on a plane. And uh, I just could not stop laughing. Just, just so, it's just hysterical. And, uh, yeah, I I was just so captivated, and that was definitely one of those times that I never heard of it from any festivals either. Um, yeah, I, I think I think yeah, there is something special with that that you just that we don't find that often. Again, yeah. Mm. Clay, do you have any instances like that, man? <laughs> or it's just like did not hear anything from the festivals, even though you know it premiered somewhere. Maybe you know the director. Or, so are we are we talking about like the idea of I watched a movie long ago and then we watched it and then we're like oh yeah I knew this was like I was right it was really good or are we talking about like movies that we have we didn't know much about going yeah in? just didn't know much about like the first time uh, I don't I've been doing that a lot I try to go <laughs> off praise um but like I don't know necessarily the plot synopsis um mm. I don't know. It, nothing comes directly to mind. I've been, yeah, I've been going into movies like first. Oh, first reformed. I knew nothing about first reformed. I knew absolutely mm. nothing about first reformed. I didn't know the director. I knew Ethan Hawke was in it. I had no idea about the plot. I had no idea. It was like popular at festivals. Did you know Schrader? No. Wow. I didn't okay. know. I didn't yeah. know Schrader until after the movie. 
Wild. But I, yeah, I really walked in knowing absolutely nothing besides Ethan Well, you were Hawk. told that it's a very light comedy, like a rom-com. And, and it's full shenanigans. Like, it's the shenanigans. fourth in the before trilogy. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Imagine. Yeah. It's actually called Fourth Reformed. Yeah, Fourth Reformed. Oh. Reform. oh. <laughs> before, before Reformed. It's Before Reformed. Reformed. <laughs> Excellent. First, first performed. Take a bow. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember you texting me where it's like, you were so <laughs> mad too. Yeah, I wanted to see that, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I, I didn't even hear about it. It was, it yeah. was kind of like a fuck you to you. I can just imagine that <laughs> because I'm like, I didn't even know about it. It was great. I think you should um, see it. I think I was I was a little bit like you with that one where it's like I I just I, the only difference being I knew the Schrader elements and I think I had just seen Blue Collar and just, yeah so I was I was really really excited um, but yeah no that's I think it's a really good feeling oh yeah that's a great feeling um, and it's also like you know expectations I feel like in their sphere go back going back to that word now is kind of, it's just rampant director this they did this there's an actor in this there's a franchise it's just expectations expectations it came out of this festival with this buzz and it just it becomes overwhelming and it doesn't really do much but damage yeah film i remember an example of that where the bar was set so high and i didn't hear any and not only did i not look at any plot details but no plot details were even spoken about was waves last toronto (laughs) um Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um I like waves. It's I don't know. I I saw it maybe you don't two have months. To. Ago, I just want to I, say, just, I like waves. I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> I don't know if I like it I, or not. I needed to rewatch it. That is one that I needed to rewatch. And the second time I liked it. Yeah, I haven't Still, I haven't seen it just cuz there's I so much like, discourse. I know. I know, but I want you to see it so badly. I really want your take on it. Um but that being said, it's it was one of those, and uh, you know, even Moonlight was similar, where it's just like, just don't, where it's like, I I saw a lot of people being like, this is something, but this is like buried treasure. Um, but also like a festival hype is very much real too, um, especially at Cannes. Maybe um, that's what I've that's what I've seen where it's like, or uh, South by Southwest. I I think that's South where it's by most Southwest is the big one because it's a lot of yeah. genre heads. Who yeah, are, like, are this the next big thing. Val- have valid opinions, but are also very little more niche than more like general audiences or people who aren't that deep. Like Stephen King heads like fucking went crazy for Pet Cemetery, and then it comes out to a muted response. Like it, it, it's just a different it's a different um, audience. I mean, also like cans like you're like fucking or I think it's cans where like oh they walked out or they applauded for five straight minutes no but also the thing the thing that people do not realize about walkouts is that have you ever booed at a movie no and like people don't do that like this is all right let me let me tell you about these things right all right we're ready walkouts like so I've walked out of films before at festivals um and I mean a, a, a lot of people walk out purely because a lot of people have got very very tight schedules i'd say more so on the industry side than the press side but you know on both sides and i think a lot of people like every film they're watching 
it was a choice between two or three titles at once. So I think if you get like 20 or 30 minutes into a film and you realise that either you don't like it or you don't have anything strong to say, you are sincerely wasting your time there. Because if you're a freelancer, if you're or or if you're like a buyer or any, you know, if, if you can't do anything with that film, like you leave because you're yeah, going yeah. to find another film that you can do something with. So I think it's really... Uh, less of a political statement than it seems and the way it's kind of hyped up to be. And in terms of booing, I think, like... It's less maturity, right? Because, like, everyone's going to read it like, oh, this asshole is walking out of it. Also, in this news cycle, it just becomes a big narrative. Oh, they walked out of this. That means they must be... I mean, it's, like, it's ridiculous. Unless, Unless someone walks out in the way that Adele Inel did at this uh, at the Cesar Award. Like, you know, that's a different kind of walkout. But like when you're sure, talking about yeah. when you're talking about like accredited press and industry people walking out of a film festival that they're there to cover for work, it's like, yes, because they're going to find another film they want to cover instead. Um It's like people walking out of the house that Jack built. Oh, oh dude. I dude, mean dude. Um but I was, it's, it's like Jack, 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 Jack. I was thinking the same exact thing in my head, and I was about to say the house that Jack built. I mean, I think I think that film is say we will, but it's like everyone is going to be having their own response for different reasons. Sure, and but I I think that film is its own thing, and like frankly, anything to do with. Lars von Trier annoys me. Um, but very quickly on on the idea of applause at Cannes as well. I mean, like at the at the premieres, sort of like the the the, the public ish screenings where like all the cast and crew come. Like, there's almost like this enforced applause because they're there. So like mm. every film gets applause. Like that's just what is done. Like you mm. do it because they're there. And yeah. like if anything, it's like the staff enforcing it. So like sure you'll applaud because it's good, but like you will applaud because that is like that's the that's the dumb thing to do. And yeah. um, people like plus, time if... the standing ovations. Oh, they were standing yeah. for eight minutes. And just like oh. yeah, it's like because there's a lot of cast yeah. members and like. <laughs> So, I don't know. Yeah. This is what everyone was doing. If I was like at the Irishman premiere and Marty was there, I would personally feel horrible well, if I course, walked out. Yeah. But it, and it's, but it's, it's like, such an intense environment as well. And like, you know, seeing these films for the first time, it puts you in such a different uh, mood and like you're so on edge in a different way. So I don't think it's reflective of like, oh, this film is definitely five stars because <laughs> overtired people in Cannes applauded. It's like, <laughs> no, like, what else are we going to do? Like, just, anyway. Yeah. 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 No, no, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's it just all becomes just it's hype, 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 or you know, it's it, it everything is spun spun out of control and it it has a new form of its own. Um, which Captain Fantastic I feel like didn't. I feel like it was under I think it kinda went under the radar. Which uh, is why it's a great movie. I think mm. so too. I'm I can't. No I bar can't, being set. Yeah. I had yeah. a smile on my face. I was moved. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was emotional. I thought it was well done. I thought it was tasteful. I just, I think, I think this movie's really. I laughed. I cried. It was something. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Hey, this, this is, this is why we're doing this podcast. Just you want you to deserve a thank you. I think yeah. you deserve a thank you. My we just want pleasure. some recommendations. <laughs> the only reason why we started this podcast is we just want some recommendations on what's right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be like the the real purpose if this was started during quarantine. Yeah, just get us <laughs> out. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think. Um, I think. Should we go to favorite scene? 
I guess that might be. Unless we? we want to mention one more thing about. Uh, oh, one more thing. Uh, when you mentioned Adele Hanel at the Star Awards, I just the cl- picture of her clapping in the lobby, saying like "Great job for congratulating a pedophile" or something like that in France. I, I think about that a lot. Just her clapping it. It's just it's so. Oh, she's such a fucking badass. Just, just doing it. Just yelling and. Um, uh, <laughs> Siyama just like right next to her just like walking and just seeing seeing it happen just right behind her it's it's a iconic iconic um all right sorry yeah i just got lost in the weeds there um yeah favorite scene uh does anyone want to go first i have mine oh i, I have mine as well oh go ahead go ahead jack jesus you're... well all right uh yeah i think it's probably the first dinner scene with uh steve zahn and Catherine hahn um i think that's like when like as we were talking about earlier that uh ben is directly explaining everything and in a normal household like why would you explain the crack epidemic when when it's just like family dinner <laughs> you know it's it's just like it's not so much that it's oh not only inappropriate but it's also just like socially unaware um i, I think that's yeah I'm right like, let's, yeah. let's talk to these kids as like fucking adults yeah i guess that's um, when i was like yeah he's right he knows how the world <laughs> works <laughs> and i think it's uh it's really well done on on the other family's part because because they're just they they almost like a surrogate for anyone like i feel like if any normal suburban family was put in that position i think they would have the yeah yeah they would feel like they'd have the same response so I, it was so really good Jesus is yeah <laughs> um yeah no that's a good scene i also love the wine bit at the end they just take the wine just like here you go here yeah. you go and they just do cheers while the moment they exit and they, he's like Shh. <laughs> um my favorite scene would be i hope i'm not taking yours ella is the is um the daughter explaining lolita you know like giving mm-hmm. her feelings on it that's my that's my favorite scene i think it's because it's so it's so raw it's so truthful and i feel like i don't i, I feel like i i noticed that like it also connects to me in the sense of when there's these discourses about what's hat like about like an artist's intention or like content versus like like content content versus approval in the sense of like depiction versus um, an endorsement that kind of stuff. I think it's it was a very sobering explanation um, and just having him listen, just like no, please tell me what you think. I want to listen. I want. Want your ideas? Interesting, not a word. Let's talk here. Yeah, and then he could have thrown out the uh, "let's have a discourse" line yeah, earlier yeah. than when he actually did. <laughs> um, and the kid, and then the end button though. What's rape? And then soberly explaining it. It's just, I don't know. I think that kind of sums oh. up the movie for me. Is what I love about it is like yeah. the dynamic and the jokes, but also like letting kids flourish in the realm of ideas and um, opinions. Do you think it's very much you as a dad? I hope so. But I mean, besides, <laughs> the, you know, like a lot of the other stuff. But yeah, that'd be cool. Or just like the education part of it. The education part. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not that smart. So who knows? Uh, what's yours? What about you, Ella? What's your favorite scene? 
I think I don't know. There's like there's there's quite a few that I really like. Um, but I think I'll go for the scene towards the end after Ben has dropped off the kids, and he's like he shaved his beard off, and then he's got out to like sit by the stars. Uh, and then the kids start to come out the van and just like that broke me the first time I watched it Mm. that was like one of the bits where I was kind of like steadily crying the whole way throughout and then when they started coming 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 off the bus I remember I just like gasped and like just lost it new yeah and I just like let out this new wave of sobs and I was like they're all there again (laughs) I was like oh my god like I don't know like I genuinely thought um I genuinely thought they weren't going to come back. I thought that was it, and 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 like I don't know, they're like maybe he'd 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 go and see them every now and then. But I didn't for some reason. I didn't think things were going to yeah. turn around. Um, and I just thought it was just so emotional. Um, and just really nice. Just loved it. Like maybe the close second see. would be the funeral scene. Um, like the sweet mm-hmm. child of mine scene. I think that was yeah, oh, really nice. So really mm-hmm. great finale. Like maybe yeah. if they hadn't shown up on the bus. Like we would follow Ben as he like gets a construction job or like we would show we would like I was saying earlier, we would see the kids being reinstated in a public school or yeah, like like it's just I don't want everything. Yeah, exactly. Everything is just going in such the the right direction. And if this if any decision here had gone in any other direction, I think this would not um, this would not have the sustainability. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, really good stuff here. Yeah, I dig it. I really dig it. It was a great choice, Ella. Um, Glad you liked it. uh, Yeah. Um, Well, Ella, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We loved having you. Mm. Please come back. Mm. Um, uh, Where can everyone find you on the internets? Uh, So you can follow me on Twitter at Ella underscore Kemp. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd if you want. Uh, it's just Ella Kemp, all one word. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you read Empire, you might see me sometimes. If you read Enemy, you might see me sometimes. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Any... I, I get Anywhere. around. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, where can they find you? Um, I am Jack A. Draper on Twitter, and my writing can be found on the Simple Cinephile. Y'all can follow me at Clayfilm100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Uh, please follow the podcast account at ETTPod. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Leave a voicemail on Anchor. Um, something kind. Some, well, you could cuss us out if you want. I'll hear it. I'll listen now? To it. I won't. Don't, don't do it to me. Only oh, kind no, no, ones not, on not this episode. Ella. Not to Ella. No, no. Cuss out us. We're the good yeah. vibes only on Captain Fantastic. Yeah. Um. Is there like there's are those people there who have like those like really hot opinions for Captain Fantastic? Like, is there these like anti like like I don't I can't imagine being like so like anti anti this movie. Um, mm. Whatever. Uh, opinions are weird. Um. Thank you. Maybe all leave so much. us a hate a hateful voicemail on our Luke Larson episodes. That guy needs to be taking down a peg. He really. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Black I'm hat, just... motherfucker. Um, hey, hey. <laughs> Unfair. Uh, At true. least we have our one black hat mention for the episode. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you think about black hat, Ella? Stop. Opinions no, on no. black hat? No. 
I, the I don't film, the think Michael I Mann have, film. I, I, don't, I haven't seen it. I don't have any opinions. Yeah. Okay, Probably. good. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Uh, I really like the movie. Clay is not as big a fan as I am. Um, When we talk about it, that episode is going to be like four hours. So it's going to be a weird one. Um, But right now, we're we just talked about Captain Fantastic, Uh, a great movie that you should all watch. It is on Hulu. Um, Yeah, next week. Do we want to announce what we have next week? I don't even know how we have next week. We have anything next week? What's happening next Uh, week? Next we have week? Kevin Smets. I just don't know what we're doing. Oh, well, Kevin. Well, Ke- Kevin Smets, Schmodown legend, intergeekdom champion, reigning. Is that currently? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's well, that's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We'll Please tweet stay it safe out. out there. Tweet we out. will tweet it out. Um, the world's a little crazy right now. Uh, we're gonna be here. We're gonna talk about movies. We're gonna have some cool guests on. Um, yeah, please stay safe. Stay inside. Don't be an asshole. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next uh, catch you next time on exiting through the 2010s.